I published a book using AI. I did not write a word of these 150 pages. It sent me the EPUB file and PDF and a cover image, and I popped that on Amazon. I don't think it's the best book. The couple snippets I've read, it's not the worst. Welcome to the Amplifying Cognition podcast, formerly the Thriving on Overload podcast. I am Ross Dawson, a futurist and entrepreneur fascinated by the unlimited potential of the human mind. Each week, I speak to incredible people who are working on how we can get to next-level thinking, sense-making, and decision-making so we can keep ahead in an accelerating world. My guests share how they amplify their productivity, the success of organizations, and the potential of humanity by using an array of technologies, including AI, innovative processes, and sometimes simple everyday practices. I do this podcast to learn. I learn so much from every guest I speak to, and I'm sure you will too. If you are intent on amplifying your cognition, simply go to amplifyingcognition.com to access a trove of useful resources, including the Humans Plus AI learning community, resources and downloads from my book, Thriving on Overload, the Thought Weaver app, which allows you to interface more effectively with AI, transcripts from all of our podcast episodes, and far more. That's amplifyingcognition.com. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe to hear more and help others to find the podcast by liking or sharing. It makes a massive difference. So thank you. On this episode, we learn from David Berkowitz. David is a veteran marketing agency and technology leader and founder of Serial Marketing and the AI Marketers Guild. Previous roles have included uh, Senior Vice President at MediaOcean, Chief Marketing Officer of Publicis Agency MRY, and co-founder of the Emerging Market Division of Dentsu Agency 360i, where he had advised clients such as Apple, Coca-Cola, Johnson & Johnson, Porsche, Visa, and many others. He has written more than 600 columns for leading publications, including Advertising Age, Media Post, VentureBeat, and Adweek, and has spoken at over 350 events globally. You can find out more about David at SerialMarketing.net and AIMarketersGuild.com. And in this episode, David shares insights on AI in marketing, how to gain superpowers from AI, amplifying marketers, experiential learning, and the future of agencies. Stand by for a great conversation with David. David, it's awesome to have you on the show. Great to see you, Ross. So, David, you've worked for a very long time in marketing, and all the time I've known you in that, uh, guys, you have been at the edge of new emerging developments in uh, making marketing and marketers better and stronger. So today, what, what's most exciting about how we can amplify the capabilities of marketers? Well, I've never seen anything like this wave of AI. And, and a big part of it, too, is I've always gravitated toward experiential learning uh, and just that act of learning by doing. And in part, because I kind of fell into the marketing world, I didn't have the experience. I didn't have some MBA, let alone from a fancy school or anything like I got, it was just so much I lack, but it, I was very eager to try anything I could. And now in this wave of generative AI and, and, and other recent developments, there's, there's literally never been so much that one could actually try. So you've been trying it and uh, sharing some of uh, 
you and your colleagues' uh, learnings around that. So this idea of amplifying cognition. So marketers are amazing thinkers, very creative. Uh, that's a lot of what their work is. So what are some of the ways that AI is amplifying the uh, marketers? Well, for marketers, AI can be this added superpower um, for basically anything and everything you're doing. And so, so this is where if marketing is 10% of your job, then it can it can give you ways to do things that you just couldn't possibly put together before. I'm working on some very scrappy products right now uh, and projects right now. And if you go and like, like if you spend some time getting an idea on paper, you can then, then once you have that core of the idea and that core of the message that really expresses what you want to express, then there's, there are so many ways that you can take that right now in terms of creating content, building a website, generating imagery that's appropriate for it, generating uh, presentations around it, um, and things that you would have needed a whole team to bring to life or tons of resources. And now it's possible for someone to do so much of that, at least for like you know, MVP version, you know, minimum viable product. Uh, you might not create the best deck ever. You might not get the best analysis ever. Oh, all this, like the, as you would from a well-trained person who's been doing this for a long time. But, but there's so much that you can actually do, and and some of that is behind the scenes, like uh, you know, coming up with with a plan, coming up with personas, trying to understand uh, a bit more about some data you're sitting on, and and make some sense of it, and then some of it. Can be what's yeah public facing, consumer facing materials, uh, especially if you like, especially once you get the hang of the kinds of flow that you're working with, and can spend some time on that on that editorial phase of it, and, and editorial meaning yeah for whatever kind of work you do, right? It could be data related, it could be image and video related, like. Uh, obviously text related, but as long as you have that kind of a sense of what are the questions you need to be asking for it, sort of like the Toyota five whys, right? Like, how do you just keep making it work better for what you wanted to do? So, you know, maybe misrepresenting, but a bit of a caricature of what you're saying is person has idea or objective. They use they have a starting point. They use a lot of technologies to amplify the content generation in the all various guises. But then humans cleaning up or tidying up or refining so that it is, you know, truly fit for purpose. Is is that a roughly right or not? No, it's 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 in the ballpark, and and so much of it is once you get that first input right, like. Um, I mean, there was an uh, event that came up, and I was thinking of submitting a speaking proposal for it. And I'm like, ah, I, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I, there are all these fields to fill out. I'm not sure if I really want to go there. Like, let's try using AI to help me to come up with this. So I started riffing on a couple of themes. Uh, give me 10 ideas you know, using some like chat GPT, Claude, you know, it could be Bard. Uh, okay. Uh, I, 
uh, of these 10 titles, which do you think would work best for an audience of X, Y, and Z who's going to be showing up to this event? Now, and then once you got to that thing that you like, like, okay, you know what? I can really speak to that one. This is taught. Can you give me a synopsis of it? And I like the three main takeaways from this talk. Uh, now, if, if you know that you can deliver on those three takeaways, then it's like, write the full-on event description. And now, um, pretty much the only people that read the full event descriptions are like the you know, event choosers. I'm not even sure if speakers read the event descriptions that they're submitting. You know, it's often done by a PR firm or someone else. Uh, I, I, it, it, it's this odd habit of mine where I realized before every talk, I literally did this today for a virtual one. I had to go back and read the description of the talk because I'm like, oh, wait, are there some things there that I wasn't prepared to speak about that are actually in the event description? Because this is probably what people who show up want to know about. Anyway, uh, then like you have all of this and all of a sudden something really daunting is actually kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I like writing. I don't like writing proposals. I, I don't like writing pitches, especially for myself. <laughs> um, uh, but now I'm like, okay, you know, it's just a little bit more of a process. I'm like, like I, I'd rather just skip ahead to if I am giving this talk, actually doing the work up on that. Like, you know, I'll, I'll spend time there, and uh, and I can now get all these ideas and and come up with a better theme than maybe that's just some something derived from the past ten talks I gave. Like, I could just can, can actually make it more exciting and something you're looking forward to creating. Fabulous. Yeah, well, it's nice to have the very specific examples of how you're using that. So the so thinking about marketers and agencies, so, well, agencies, I mean, obviously, marketers are either usually on clients or the agency side, but just looking at agencies, there's a whole array of roles. So, and so you can think about the organize, the individual frame or the organizational frame. So how do we amplify the individual and how do we organize the organization, amplify the organization? So for the individual, is it a case of simply giving the tools and giving some training or telling them how to use that so they can amplify that? Or how much of that happens around giving individuals tools or building this into a, how the overall organization shifts, how it works to, um, you know, amplify what it can do with these the power of the ai well some of it involves giving individuals the tools to use them within reason and um so so no matter where you are there need to be some protections right like um say avoiding inputting customer data uh in there avoiding um, personally identifiable and, uh, and identifiable employee uh, information. Yeah, you know, there all, all these uh, all these things that should be flagged um, even by a more open-minded organization that's all for make things more efficient with AI. Uh, and but having some room where people are encouraged to go and use these tools, test them, just try to ask better questions of them see if there are better insights that could be derived from them that you couldn't have gotten otherwise or you're hitting on way faster. Uh, um, having some recommended starting points, because even if you're into 
if if you're looking at content generation or if you're looking at some kind of data analysis, there are so many options right now. Um, uh, a lot of them are built on top of one of the major language learning models. And so uh, ChatGPT being the most common now, but uh, but there are a number of these very well-trained models that so many other things sit on top of. So you can sometimes just skip the middleman in, in these cases and go right to them. Uh, and so, uh, 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 and, and some of it's just trying to see like, uh, you know, where, like where this can fit in, right? Like you probably don't want to get rid of your, uh, uh, like your whole creative team just because you can use tools like Midjourney or Adobe Firefly to create all these images and manipulate them, uh, in, in ways that were so laborious. So, um, but you, uh, but you might be able to say, slow down some of the hiring for just some of the, uh, just a, a lot of more of the busy work and, and the iterating, uh, that, that happens from because, because there are plenty of ways to go and test a lot of different versions of the same creative, uh, that, that you want to resonate with different segments. Um, so. Uh, so it's like, where can technology give you some of those superpowers and, um, and just also make the people using them feel like they're just getting so much more done and making more of an impact where I think we're also going to be going at the organizational level, uh, that, that we're just starting to see it talked about more commonly. And I, 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 and it's going to be a huge driving force on the B2B front of AI are these are these private language learning models and 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 private instances that aren't trained on the entirety of human cognition um, but are trained on the smaller set of say company data or if you're in the healthcare space then uh, then every state's healthcare policy could be uh, could be an input into this and then you could start understanding well like uh, uh, like how does this work with this kind of insurance claim and all, uh, and all these things that you need but but you're not looking at the entire web and that's also going to uh reduce if done well one of the biggest challenges of ai and that's hallucinations right or just making stuff up yeah which is one of the reasons why you always need humans in the loop so the so I've seen a number of small you know micro agencies you know essentially take this up wholesale and be you know not quite AI first because they are human first but uh, you know very much AI amplified. Are there any examples you've seen of agencies that uh, stand out that are really on the forefront of bringing AI into how they work? Well, I mean it's hard to say. Like I mean. Uh, um... Publicis, for instance, very uh, they they made a big push a number of years ago to roll out this uh, a voice powered AI assistant, Marcel, and 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 so um, so so the agencies have been building automation powered tools for for quite a while. Uh, uh, there there were some colleagues I was working with that that 
I mean, around, uh, I mean, seven, eight years ago, we're building tools to rapidly create different kinds of generations of, of images and copy and then run those uh, against very small segments and try to test you know, which, are the, uh, which are the best performing segments for which copy, which creative, and then, uh, and then optimize all the ads around the handful of winners. And so, um, so, so this has been done for a while. Now it's just the kind of thing that, first of all, not a rage that needs to, to invest in and do themselves. Um, it becomes less of a competitive advantage once everyone starts using things like this. So there's more of that expectation. Um, but there also, I, I think it's just going to be a lot of that opportunity to see when that's going to be helpful and when it won't be. Um, uh, uh, I, I mean, every, it just about every agency probably has some like, uh, how we're AI pow- powered now in our deck. And if it's not explicit, then it's going to be implicit. And if it's not in there, then I'm sure you're already seeing some of that backlash of like, here's how we're not using AI, right? Like, I like hear, uh, and here's how um, the the kinds of of humans that you really get to work with front and center, and the kinds of experts that you have on that team, and 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 all that real insight that goes into it. Um, there's already, yeah, I, th- I think some. So, some healthy backlash, right? It's not just like this knee-jerk Ludditeism, uh, um, but uh, but it's hard to say. Like like as a consultant, you know, I'm I, I my work is AI powered. Uh, um, I I think uh, my clients would be disappointed if I wasn't <laughs> uh, using that in some way, um, but. I think they'd also be able to tell if I was just spitting things out that they could enter themselves in an AI tool, and uh, and then they could just cut me out of it if if it yeah. worked like that. So, so I mean, you said AI is not a competitive advantage, though. I'd argue that how you use the AI is the competitive advantage, as in, yeah, everyone's got the tools. Well, and yeah, and and that's so hard to tell until you see just the kinds of results and the thought process of who you're working with. And you're probably not going to know that that well, even over the course of a pitch process. So, so some of this is that, is that X factor. It's like, like, you know, when you see it, but it's like, like also it's, uh, it's only so often that you realize you're working with a great agency that gets you and, uh, and that this is someone that you like need to have this relationship with and that like isn't going to be RFP'd out uh, every year. Um, uh, so I think that, but this does add to some of that opportunity for, for just the kinds of insights, the kinds of creativity, the ways that HCs uh, can cut data and, and surface things in, in surprising ways. Uh, like all of this, then, I mean, I'd argue that it just gives agencies more opportunities to showcase their value, showcase their smart, precisely if they're spending less time you know, putting things in a spreadsheet and, and going through lengthy review processes and more time actually doing stuff, putting things in market, like 
I, I mean, I tell clients, I'm like, just the thing we need to do right now is just like, like, let's get this out there because whether we spend three months on it or, or a week, like, we're going to know if it works, if we actually do something like, like, like now you just have more chances to actually do something and, uh, and see what resonates. Very quick break to point you to amplifyingcognition.com. You'll find our stack of resources to help you get to next level thinking, sense making, and decision making, including the Humans Plus AI learning community with extensive courses and events, free downloads from my book Thriving on Overload, the Thought Weaver app to achieve more with AI, productivity programs for individuals and companies, and far more. Now back to the show. Would you so it's looking forward a little bit over the next year? So, you know, I've I and I think you've also been interested in the future of agencies for a very long time. So now I've got a factor which uh, significantly changes the landscape or could. So, what might you see in five years from now in the agency landscape? What might have changed? What might uh, the leading agencies? How might they be different? Well, I think that there's big uh, a big challenge for a lot of the entry level work that's going uh, 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 that's going on um there's gonna be I, I I think that a lot of firms are gonna be uh, less focused on this very headcount driven model um and that's uh, I mean that's just so much of how accounts are structured right now and and, and some even, uh, and sometimes it's like a big part of the pitch process, right? Like, uh, so uh, uh, one shop is like, we're going to put a hundred people on your team, and other ones like, we're going to put 125, but we're still going to charge you the same rate as the ones that I put a hundred. Uh, and so I think that there's going to be a lot less of that, and a lot more of what you're getting out of it. Uh, there's the and and I mean. So many hires, uh, and and I hear this from agencies. I hear this from other uh, kinds of marketing tech companies that they're trying to think. Well, uh, like what what don't they need full time staff for? Uh, uh, um, what kind of work can be done just uh, either in house or just by some like specialty shop that knows how to use either their own tools or some others, and that can go and and fill some of these needs. And so that probably does mean uh, a uh, a fair amount of attrition. Will these people be redeployed in different ways? Um, there's, I think, there are also a lot of opportunities coming for those who, uh, for all kinds of businesses that weren't really doing much marketing, to do way more. Right, uh, um, like the amount that could be done with video right now. Uh, AI powered video editors right now. Um, it, if you use them, like, like, like a lot of like your first forays into it are probably going to be disappointing, even if you're using the best tool. Uh, uh, but if, but I also wouldn't sign year long contracts, even if you think you are using the best one, because three months from now, there's going to be a way better one in six months. It's just it's like, this is going to be accelerating so quickly. So, if, so. So if there's anything you see that isn't good enough right now, you have to assume it will be. Now there, everyone was making fun of Midjourney six months ago because the fingers came out all gnarly. Yeah, you know? uh, 
that was like the thing to say six months ago. AI, why can't it do hands? Right. That was just like the thing everyone's complaining about. Um, like, like once that's fixed, it's like, okay, that, then you have to start nitpicking further and further. And then you see that the people who really know how to use Midjourney are creating like these incredible nuanced crowd scenes and every last detail it looks like it it could have been in some Ansel Adams photo. If, especially if you're looking even one year out, have to start saying, well, like, what if the tech is really good enough for us to do X, Y, and Z? Because give or take a little bit of time, it probably will be. Yeah, fascinating. So you suggested, I think, that this could uh, lead to more niche players so that we start to get experts in particular domains around using particular tools or, or particular outcomes, I suppose. It is, uh, do you think that's moved away from the more monolithic uh, structures to uh, specialists or niche? Will, will that be one of the potential outcomes? Well, I mean, it's, it's really hard to count out the major agency holding companies. Uh, I, I mean, it's, it's, there, there are few fields, I think, where the most dominant players have that much staying power, especially over the kinds of threats that uh, faced and from all, uh, I mean, all kinds of shift, the shifts the past 40 years in terms of media consumption to shifts in how creative and media are done either separately or together to all kinds of pricing models changing, um, uh, to the rise of consulting firms, to all kinds of technological enhancements. It's like like time after time after time, there's been some reason to say, this is going to cause the death of the holding company, of the major shops. And then like a few get folded around and molded together. I worked at Publicis. I, you know, I saw, like, like, I don't know how many internal mergers I saw and reorgs and just three years there, but it was a lot. Um, but Publicis is still here, right? Uh, um, Publicis at the time was uh, almost had their merger with Omnicom, but like like that thing still would have been here if they became one thing. Uh, so so it's, so there is some of this rich get richer. Uh, um, the much safer bet is that they'll find ways to deploy these tools at scale. And if you look at the rich get richer side of of big tech and you see the investments that Google and Meta uh, and Microsoft, uh, 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 Adobe, all these major players are making, like they're just, um, then that also plays into holding companies' hands because they have those relationships to get first access and to scale those across all their teams and accounts and countries and everything else. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of, uh, of Newton's law where every action has the equal and opposite reaction. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like, you know, you know at just as the same time that, you know, short form disappearing content became really prevalent, you also had greater experience, uh, gri- uh, uh, greater uptick in these, long form medium articles and lengthy podcasts and and let alone even a, a resurgence of the local bookstore. Um so it's like like the opposite things can be true at the same time. 
and there are ways to play in in niches that just and and even for uh for people who weren't product developers right people who weren't coders to be able to use the use tech in creative ways that then fills some kind of need uh that uh that marketers have and uh, um and that will uh, meet folks in various verticals so so just be able to take your experience and build something that that fills one of those holes uh um i think we're going to see a lot of that and and it's pretty exciting time to be an entrepreneur very exciting so switching gears a bit uh to your what you do and so you mentioned at the very beginning uh you've got to where you are through experiential learning you know, which i i kind of call learning by doing and you know, can you, is it simply that you just learn things by doing things or how do you go about that in a way that you're effective as possible in learning? So, so the, I mean, the great thing with AI is just how immediately usable it is. Um, so when I was leaving my last in-house role over at MediaOcean, I, uh, it, like, I, I, I started just buying a handful of domains that I didn't know what I, I do with them. And so I bought one that was AI says hire me.com. And so I then used the chat GPT that it was like the only game in town. Uh, and said like, based on this, like, like very brief bio about me, what are the reasons that, that a, uh, that someone might hire me as a marketing leader? And I put those on the site and it's like, yeah, really simple, really low tech, really low budget. Uh, but it connected a couple of those dots. I then created my AI resume, uh, and a, uh, and so it was just taking my work experience and having ChatGPT generate what some of those bullets would be for someone with that experience and even showed you how you could actually do that yourself. And, and my friend Leo Morahone, who runs the AI Marketers Guild with me. He wound up creating a version of that that you could just go and and try it right there on that site. Uh, and and then it, but then it's just constantly trying to find ways to use it. I mean, I uh, just uh, recently I published a book using AI. I did not write a word of these 150 pages. Okay, um, I put in a short synopsis from a project that uh, I'm working on. I, I really took the copy from a slide on the marketing deck, put that in. Uh, to this site, Omniscience, and the 30 minutes later or less, it sent me the EPUB file and PDF and a cover image, and I popped that on Amazon and in the Kindle publishing store, and then I I had a book. I don't think it's the best book. The couple snippets I've read, it's not the worst. I've I've read a couple worse ones lately, uh, <laughs> and so um, it, it, it's just. Like again, like, like these kinds of possibilities, it's it's wild. And and then things like for for me, the scariest stuff I've experimented with so far is voice cloning, because that gets very good. And there's something like seeing written words that could be yours, you know, seeing an image that could be generated. Uh, that there's there's just something so scary, really, of hearing your own voice that's not quite you like there's a little bit of that uncanny valley going on um but that that could be you and and some of these things are literally with 30 seconds 
of training. Okay? Uh, and it's creating something that, say, over the phone or on a slightly tinny Zoom call, no one would probably have any idea it isn't you. Uh, so, uh, so, so like, like this stuff is, it, it, it gets eerie really quickly. Um, but then, uh, it's, uh, but then it's also not just experimenting for experimentation sake to see what I can do with it, but how do I apply this to clients, right? Like how do I get it to help me write, uh, drafts of content that I'm building? How do I go and and scale some of that output? And, and the one thing I've seen is that, uh, over and over again, is that is that so many of these tools it's almost like whatever you're using if it's gotten to that point that um that it's like ready and and out there for you uh there's probably so much that it can do um but you do need that really good input and so it's still worth spending almost too much time you know crafting that initial about statement, the mission statement, values, whatever those elements are that you need, go into it. Once you have that in place and it's something you're happy with, and then uh, then so many of these AI engines can run with it and say like, and it's like now create a PowerPoint, now create the copy for a one sheet, now uh, it, you know, uh, now I'm going to pop this into a DIY website creation tool. Now I'm gonna, uh, uh, now I'm going to use this as a to create a script for a video that an AI engine, uh, um, and and you could just do this almost infinitely as long as the input's really good. Yeah, that's fantastic, and I think the nub of that is that you're you know putting it to practical use immediately, and that's where you you know rather than I think a lot of people just play, you know they play with all sorts of stuff, but they're not actually trying to make something useful out of it, and that's what that's when you really start to to learn how to put it. Uh, Put it to good use, of course, and and it also it takes. Yeah, I I I, I don't want to sound like uh, just overly self congratulatory here, but I, I will say just even from my experience, it takes getting over some of that fear, right? Like that fear of this, like being great or being judged, or you know, like uh, you know, someone could easily look at some of this stuff and and say it's a stupid idea, or why are you putting out this crappy product, or things like that, yeah. You know? Uh, uh, and, um, even if you, even if you have something that you're showing to a client, uh, I think fear can help you in a good way. It's like, is this something that they could really do themselves just by spending a bit of time on chat GPT? Or did you do something with these tools that, you know what, not everyone can do. And this is why they're hiring you. And whether it took you 10 minutes or 10 hours, like they're going to want you to be the one who keeps doing that and i, I mean I, th- I think most people know when they get to that place right when they're mailing something in or when they're delivering something of substance uh and uh um so it, it's it's just it, it still though takes getting over that hump and saying like oh well like like is it bad that tech helped me do so much of my job here it's like like if you still put you into it, then it's not bad at all. And you actually probably just uh, made yourself way more valuable to that. 
Yeah, no, I think that's fantastic framing for it. Uh, so I think you've, we've already got there to a, in a way, but just to round out, is there any advice you would have to marketers or anybody on how they should be approaching uh, bringing AI into their work and their uh, outcomes? I mean, there, there's like, there's no substitute for trying everything, right? Like, you know, as uh, uh, you know, as soon as you hear one thing mentioned in the news or a friend's LinkedIn post or something like that, just go and try this thing. See if you do it. I, I, almost all of the main tools and tech out there, it's, it's either free or it's like 10 or 20 bucks a month. Or, you know, there's a one-off thing for like 10 to 30 bucks. Like, like there's all this stuff that you can try now and like be a, be a little mindful. Don't rush to say like put customer data into it. You know, have some of your own guardrails. You don't need to publish all this stuff that you do, but just when, you know, open up that box, you know, tinker around a little bit. Uh, and then, uh, and then also, yeah, it's it's like you just have to train yourself to just ask better, tougher questions and see. Like it's almost like like, like you're also doing something right if you get to the point where you break it. Yeah, you know? it's, it's it starts spitting out gibberish or it's like coming up with something totally off. I, uh, um, uh, so I uh, uh, I uh, put in a play that someone was working on as a kind of input to just go and do some analysis about the characters. And I realized when I was using Claude that Claude was actually basing everything by the file name of the play and making everything up because it didn't want to tell me that it couldn't read the text in what I uploaded. So and then like only when I really pushed it did it admit what its technological limitations were. And so, uh, uh, but it was good because I knew when I broke it and then could work on fixing it. That's fantastic. Thanks so much for your time and your insights, David. Uh, you're already having fun, no doubt, but I uh, continue to wish you uh, fun on the journey. Thanks so much. Well, look forward to just continuing to learn from you and your other guests. So uh, thanks for having me here. Thank you for listening to the show. If you really want to amplify your cognition, go to amplifyingcognition.com where you can access a trove of useful resources to make your mind better and more effective than ever before. If you liked this episode, please do help us be found by giving us a rating or review and subscribe if you want to hear more of this. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.